It's just you tickling you. A tickle tickle tickle. Mm, mama. Hi. Hi. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents, probably one of the most important interviews that we've had on Hot Marriage Cool Parents, in my opinion. But I am joined by my lovely wife who is in Los Angeles doing her phenomenal filming career with Married at First Sight, but yeah, she is phoning in. Phenomenal filming career. What are you even talking about? That's right. Yeah. That's so funny. I You're the you. star of Married at First Sight. No, I'm not. <laughs> look, I, I don't. That makes you're me the, blush. Yeah, you're the star in my opinion. Well, that is really, really sweet, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I'm just the host of Married at First Sight Unfiltered, and I'm just your wife. <laughs> and a clip show. And you're my baby's mama. Yeah, I'm your baby mama. <laughs> <laughs> but we have two guests today from the Married at First Sight universe that has... Well, what? well speaking of stars of Married at First Sight, yeah. I would like to think that our guests today are... I would say they're definitely stars of Married at First Sight. I would uh, say in so. Un, in the most unconventional way. They're not your typical stars of Married at First Sight. But they've yes. come out to give the most unique and incredible love story that has definitely raised some eyebrows like throughout its time. I said, I would say, especially when it first began, a lot of eyebrows were raised, a lot of like judgments were made, a lot of daggers were thrown. Um, and you know, it's about time that they get a platform someplace to be able to share their side of the story. Yes, it is. Um, and I'm really, really thankful that they trusted us with their side of the story because, you know, it's not easy when you've had a blanket of judgment over your relationship the whole entire time and you really haven't had the chance to be able to speak out or you just haven't spoken out. Well, I maybe we that. should maybe we should introduce who we're talking oh, yeah. about. Yeah, it's Dr. Jessica and John Franchetic. Which is actually Francetic. He corrects me <laughs> when we're talking in yeah. the interview, which is great. It's <laughs> France Tick. That's how it's spelled. Me, it's like frantic, but but yeah. So John had been lined up to marry Molly from their season, she did and marry Molly. and did like marry Dr. Molly. Jessica, yeah, she Dr. was Jessica one of the experts. Yeah, with Molly. Yeah, and she was one of the experts on the show for quite a while. And it's just so happened that after filming, the love story sort of blossomed, and they have not shared this story on any platform, and they are sharing it here with us. And because of the interview, which went, I think it was probably the longest interview that Jamie and I have ever done because it went on for a good hour and a half. So we're going to break this up into part one and part two. So this is the explosive part one interview with Dr. Jessica and John, soon to be Dr. Jessica Francetic and John Francetic. Yeah, and also I wanted to say that there's an awful lot that gets revealed, of course, throughout this interview, and there is even more that gets revealed next week. But I just want to say, just remember that they're, you know, they're just humans, and yes, she was the expert on John's season, and she did pair John with his ex-wife, Molly, who he was with, and then she then did, you know, coach them, kind of, I guess. Counseled, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't. 
don't know what the right word is, but she was their expert during their season. And then John and her share the story better than I will, and yeah. so I'll just stop. But like at some point, John and her fell in love, and you know, I think at the end of the day, but the goal is for every single person is just true love and happiness. And yep. so I feel like, you know, if nothing else, honestly, I'm really happy for them. They are engaged to be married. They've been together now for well over two years I yeah. believe and I'm just so thankful that first of all they found love and happiness because isn't that the goal for everybody yes but also thankful that they trusted us to share their story and I want to do it justice and I really want yeah, to for sure. support them and, but also I want to support Molly this is you know I'm sure that you know this um, was more about their love story and how they got together than it was sort of bashing anybody really I mean the I was more curious about the events leading up to and how they fell in love. And honestly, after speaking with them, I fell in love with their love story. I mean, the way that they describe it, the, the feeling that they have, it's you wish that upon everybody. You hope somebody feels exactly. the same way that they felt. And a little side note to these parts is that we actually interviewed them over Skype so we had a chance to actually see them interact in their home and how they just interact with each other. And honestly, I mean, that's true love. When you hear them, when you see them, I'm really happy that they found each other. Yeah, same here. And the other thing I wanted to say real fast is that we are probably going to be sharing that Skype video on our YouTube channel, which is Hanging with the Hainers. We've just rebranded that and we'll share a big secret yeah. on Christmas Day with you all about what is going on in our life. We've kept it secret for a little while. A little Christmas um, present because we love giving Christmas presents every year outside of our yeah. holiday cards. But before we get to anything else, James, I think we're well overdue for giving someone their five-star review shout out and i do want to say congratulations to everyone that won the hundred dollar gift certificate because we had announced a couple episodes ago that anybody that we do give a five-star shout out to we will be giving them a 100 dollars gift card and jane why are we giving them a gift card because we're at our hundredth episode oh my gosh this is our hundredth yes. episode what a way um, to send off 100 episodes with John and Jessica. I mean, I couldn't ask for a better interview for our 100th episode. It's perfect. Yes. Um, so so this week's five-star review shout-out goes to... And please reach out to us. We'll try to reach out to you, but please reach out to us so we can give you your $100 gift card. So this week comes from Elana Giller. It might be Giller if she's Spanish because it's a double L. And I took Spanish through high school and college. But it says, my Zen and driving friend. Every drive to work and every drive home, I check to see if there is a new podcast from you both because you fill my ride with joy and something relatable to listen to. Most of the time I say, hey, me too. Or, hey, that's just like my kids. Or, yep, my husband's the same way. Probably good stuff, I'm assuming, Alana. But... I work in healthcare, so needless to say, this year has been exhausting mentally and physically. Having something this enjoyable to listen to on my ride home is my zen and a driving friend with a smiley face emoji. That's amazing. That really is amazing. Yes. And I'm kind of curious what she does that she's driving still to work because I feel like everybody, well, not everybody, but she sounds like she's an essential worker. So I want to give her yeah. a big shout out for that. Definitely. And I'm, I'm people, happy we're giving back to an essential worker. That's amazing. Yeah, me too, for sure. I'm curious now what she does for work because most 
work that can be is done at home and remote. So if she's driving to work, she's got to be some sort of an essential worker. <laughs> That's right. Yes, congratulations, and thank you so much for your work. I cannot wait for you to get your $100 gift card. All you got to do is DM us at Hot Marriage Parents, and we're going to send you on over your $100 gift card. And also, speaking of essential work, I'm currently in L.A. We didn't really explain why I'm phoning in. Well, I guess we did explain. Your illustrious now, film career. Yes. Somehow, TV shows are essential work, apparently. I had it literally when I signed into the hotel. I had to say that I'm an essential worker, and that's why I'm here. And I'm like, I'm a TV host. I know. Like, <laughs> is that essential? I guess so. Yeah, we didn't, I, we didn't know that you'd be going to California. Well, I mean, we knew you would be going to California, but we didn't know that it was going to be allowed really because of yeah. you know California is shutting down pretty much yeah and I called two different producers and I was like is this like am I really going out there because the news is like California is shutting down and they're not letting people in not letting people out and they're like oh you're considered essential work so yes yeah. people need still is planned people need their entertainment I guess so and well, and people world. still and people still need a hot TV host to look at Oh, you're so sweet, Douglas. I love you. <laughs> and for anybody who watches my Instagram stories, you know, Doug and I are really trying to quarantine and to really just buy as much as we can <laughs> via, like, online and whatnot. Yeah. So all the dresses that I, you know, we're shooting a new season of Married at First Light Unfiltered, plus I'm doing some of these clip shows. So I need three different dresses. I ordered six, only got five, but I ordered six from Amazon thinking, oh, at least, like, <laughs> you know, half would probably be good. And honestly, I don't like any of them. And, and Jamie just set us back. Once she gets back here, Jamie just set us back another 14 days. So thanks. Yeah, I know. For quarantining, because <laughs> which is really difficult because we're trying to be able to spend Christmas with family without having to like be six feet apart and wear masks and whatnot. Like we all quarantined. We were going to be able to all quarantine, take the test, and just have like a holiday that was normal. But that's definitely not happening yeah. now that I'm out. California. Well, and because, I mean, unless we put you in a bubble when you get back, but that's what happened for our Thanksgiving. And I'm sure a lot of Thanksgivings out there had uh, looked a little bit different this year. So hopefully the holidays are going to be a little bit more special and eventually we'll get out of this crap and we just need everybody to do their part. And we certainly are. And we hope that you are too. And I don't want to drone on like this because we have such an exciting interview that's coming up. So I think that we should just bring on John and Jessica and let's get the party started. Yes, before we bring them on, I just quickly want to let you know that I think it's really important that every side of the story is kind of covered. And so I definitely want to give Molly the platform as well to be able to share her side. And I did shoot her a DM through Instagram, just letting her know to give her a heads up. I know she listens to the podcast. And so I just gave her a heads up that, you know, we're going to have John and Jess on and just wanted to give her the opportunity to yeah. say anything that she wants to say. So, And as you know, we're very transparent here on Hot Marriage Cool parents and we wanted to give Molly a chance to speak. We certainly let her know. Jamie reached out to her like she said and Molly did respond. I don't know if she's going to give a comment or want to come on and use the platform to speak her side. I don't know if it warrants that but you never know. Stay tuned for part two where we may have a response from Molly but certainly an update on Molly's side of things. So definitely stay tuned. Yeah, and of course, we'll finish the love story with Dr. John and Dr. John, Dr. Yeah. Jess and John. Yes. <laughs> and like I said before, you'll hear them, you'll feel them, and it's a feel really, them? yeah, I, I don't, that got weird. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, that got weird. All right. Anyway, um, let's just bring on John and Jessica. Yes. Today, we have a highly requested guest couple from our Married at First Sight world. This isn't a typical couple. Let's just say they weren't necessarily matched together. This couple is truly one that is a great example of finding love in an extraordinary way. John Franchetic and Dr. Jessica Griffin are our guests today. Welcome, guys. Dr. Jessica was an expert on Married at First Sight season six through eight. Dr. Jessica is a psychologist and relationship trauma expert. John was on MAFS season six, but it didn't work out with that spouse. And much later, John and Jessica connected again. Welcome to Hot Marriage Cool Parents, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming. I feel like you guys know that everybody in the Married at First Sight world is dying to hear from you. And I want to know specifically who asked who out first. It was more of a combination of how could John coax Jessica into accidentally going on a date without realizing she was going on a date and then turn it into something else. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Turn you down and tell you it wouldn't be appropriate. So many. Persistence is key. It's wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right. So, how, okay. No, so, since- I texted you this, Jamie, but you guys are the first interview we've done just about this in general. Yeah. So, we are honored. To have you, honestly. And yeah, we appreciate that so much. Yeah. And honestly, like first and foremost, I want to like put it out there for everyone listening, but for you guys as well. I absolutely respect you, Dr. Jessica, as like a doctor, but also as like a friend and John, you as well. And, you know, and I respect Molly for everybody listening. That's John's ex-wife. No hard feelings for anybody. I think that it's just an interesting story. And I think that but what I said from the very beginning is you can't really pick and choose who you love unless you are married like I am. And then, and then I even don't get to choose. Like then experts are choosing who I love. So sometimes you don't get to choose who you fall in love with. And it just happened to be that these two came about and how can anybody judge their relationship any more than you can judge the way Doug and I were married, which is absolutely, I mean, it's all kind of bonkers, but if at the end of the day you have real love and real family, like how can you judge someone by that? You know, like you just have to be happy for them. So that being said, I think we should just, do you hear our son? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do the He's same thing like, in my calls. I'm like, do you hear the kids in the background yelling? It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but anyways, I wanted to hear straight from you. So you guys know, I put it out on my Instagram. I was like, what are some of the questions that you guys have for them? And I feel like a lot of people, you know, I'm sure you guys can probably tell by now, maybe I actually want to hear all about this from you. But um, it seems to me like most people are very, very, of course, at first they were shocked, but now they're very, very supportive of your relationship. Uh, That's what it seems like to me, but I'm not living in your shoes. So I would love to hear from you guys, you know, obviously how it all came about, but also, you know, do you feel supported? Do you feel judged? Um, And then, and I'll ask the questions that like fans have for you guys. But based on what I've I've been like peeking, and there's quite a few as you can see, but they're not they're not like I was like worried some people would be mean or whatever. It's really not mean. Like people, I think that at the end of the day, we really are all looking for love, you know? And so they're understanding that. So, anyways, let's start from the top. And John, do you want to share how you guys came to be? Oh man. Um, well, I think context around it first is kind of important. If you watch the season again. It was filmed in 2017, and my birthday occurred during that, right? So without giving any away spoilers or anything, my birthday's in September. And then it aired from January to May, right? So I think what shocked people was that they thought that I divorced Molly and then immediately jumped in bed with Jessica. And that's just not how it worked, right? Because 
filming ended something in like October and then I didn't see her again until we were filming unfiltered in January and I didn't talk to her again for a while. That's right. Yeah. So I had been picked up for whatever the spinoff show was. Honeymoon Island. Do you remember that? Honeymoon Island. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I had been picked up for that and was going to do that. And so that's actually what I was harassing her about. And I was like, Hey, let's go get a drink. I want to hear, she had just come back from LA. I'm like, I want to hear what, you know, I've been asking everybody out there. Nobody's telling me anything. And she goes, I'm not getting a drink with you. That's inappropriate. And I was like, (laughs) fine, but something else, what else is there? And so so the kids were going to their dads on father's day. And I was like, cool. So we're going hiking. I was planning on going hiking alone. I said, sweet, where are we hiking? (laughs) So we we went hiking. What a gentleman to look over you. But before that, we stopped filming your season like October. Right. And then Unfiltered was that weird car ride, though. Yeah, they made us split a cab to the hotel. Really? I was so annoyed. I was so annoyed because you know how it is, Jamie, like you and Doug, Jamie, you're doing so much unfiltered and all those things that you know what I'm talking about, where you're sitting there under lights all day and you just want to get in the car and take your shoes off and close your eyes. And I was so hangry. And they put me in the car with John together, so I had to, like, stay on. (laughs) And he's like, so I didn't know you had kids. Because I was FaceTiming my youngest in one of the rooms. And he's like, I didn't know you had kids. And this is the whole time I'm like, yep, I have three children. I didn't know she had a real job. (laughs) I was like, oh, you're a real person. Like, super awkward conversation. And the car on the way back. And then. And it's always funny because with the timing of it all and with the way that, like, things happen with Molly and all that stuff. Everybody just assumes that like I was stolen and there was none of that that happened, right? It was like the time delay was so big there. Well, you have Um, plenty of other lady friends. I mean, (laughs) other prospects there. (laughs) They were lined up down the mass pike. I mean, John, not going to lie. I feel like in, you know, my husband's sitting next to me, but I do feel like you're one of the more handsome men from all of the married at first sight world. So I agree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talk about in bed, John Franchetta, he was a hottie. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since I saw the baseball swing, I was sold. <laughs> so I put it in there, Doug. <laughs> uh, well, speaking to that too, because I, I know a lot of the hang up for people was the perception that Dr. Jessica had sort of manipulated the relationship to, I guess, not succeed. And it was that sort of stolen type of feeling when in reality it happened way after. I mean, well, we know that because of when filming and then when it airs and everything. But was that a lot of the backlash in the beginning? It was for me. And, you know, truth be told, I don't think John took a lot of flack. I did. And I 100% understand just from the, the optics were terrible. And I think that's part of the problem. And I was not in a position where I was able to kind of clear the air and talk about like, hey, guys, just so you know, like this was so much later. But the way in which it aired and filmed, it looked like this you know, whole hubbub happened and next thing you know, he and I are dating. And I think that part is unfortunate. And so I think I got more flack when there have been, of course, a, a lot more people who are supportive than not, but the optics of it were pretty awful. And I think for me, the hardest part was just sitting with that and knowing myself as a professional and how much I cared about my role in the show. And, you know, Math's world is like another family to me. And it felt like, trying to explain. I don't know. It's hard to even go back there, but you know, I think, I mean, you know, well, it's like you said, you know, were people generally supportive or not? I think it kind of depended on the day. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, this is the harshest question we got. May as well get it right over with. Um, J.M. Paul Peter asks, I believe it's so inappropriate for a counselor to date a past client. Dr. Jessica's response. Yeah, I think that's actually a great question. It is so not appropriate for a therapist to ever date a client and that would never be okay. And what I want people to understand is that the role is very different without getting to do like contractual things, you know, cast understand that our roles as expert is a very different one. I'm not your therapist. I do work very hard and you can check with other couples and folks to try to find them therapists in their community. You know, there were a few seasons where I had to like in the middle of filming, find therapists for people that were really struggling. And I saw that as part of my role, but I wasn't their therapist. He would never be my client. I wasn't a counselor. It's a very different role. So for folks who say like therapist or counselor should never date a client, they're absolutely right. That should never happen. The problem is I think what people don't understand is my role and what I was contractually obligated to do was serve as a consultant to production and a consultant to cast of a television show, which is what I did. That doesn't mean that I didn't care about my role or my job or doing good work or caring about people. Um, but just truth be told that, you know, if you've been in therapy, you know, you would never do that on television. And I am a therapist in other ways with other people, but that would never be something that I would do in this kind of forum. I mean, the thing that I always say, I come from a family of lawyers and I'm always like, it's client patient confidentiality, right? So you can't do that and have a nationally broadcast TV show. Yeah. <laughs> like wow. inherently, yeah. you can't act in that role and publicize it for the world. But so I, I think like it's a lot easier now, two and a half, three years later to look back and say like, of course there are things I wish I would have done differently and we all probably would have. But the biggest issue was there was that scene between Molly and I and John and that was really significant. And I think what people don't understand, you guys know this, but you can have 40 hours of filming and you get seven minutes. Mm -hmm. That piece that was really intense in that moment for a lot of reasons was what was chosen to be aired. And it was important, but it also didn't capture, you know, the four hours prior to that or the time I spent on the laundry room floor in the, your apartment complex with Molly, you know, talking what happened and trying to help her. And, after. Yeah, after that all happened. And, you know, so that's the kind of stuff that it's been, of course, you don't want to hear like negative things from people. And I think accusations about your professionalism and that sort of thing. But I understand it because the way in which things aired and the timing and all that was lousy, I guess. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like you answered that in such a way that like makes perfect sense. And Pastor Cal himself is always the first to say like, we're not your therapists here. You know, we are trying our absolute best to treat you with respect and to guide you both in this relationship, whether it's together or not. But I'm not like your personal therapist. And I think that that is a misconception with the show is that people consider the experts, not necessarily the contestants, because I think like those of us who've been married at first sight know that you guys are so helpful. I mean, I don't think Doug and I would be married if it wasn't for the experts, but you're not necessarily our therapist. And that being said, the show, I did have a therapist myself and like it wasn't any of the experts, Kinetic, which is the production company, they say, hey, listen, if you're struggling, we will pay for a therapist for you. And that's kind of how the roles are set right from the get-go. So just to kind of, um, I guess, like reiterate what you just said, but to verify that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to say hi? Hi, Gracie. Hello. Hi. All your macaroni? Not yet. Not yet? Mm -mm. (laughs) 
There's two Ernie. more. There's two more podcasting with kids. <laughs> she is so much bigger than, well, I guess I saw her two years ago. Or something. Yeah. Our son is a monster. He's over 20 pounds now. He's six months old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, to kind of round out that I'm considering drinking Jamie's breast milk just to start gaining weight again. I don't, you know. Weird. I mean, it's a whole thing in there and the internet. There's a whole black market I've heard about. This Bodybuilders thing. do it now. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. Body, like, Not you. Not you. Things. Okay. I heard about this in a back alley somewhere. Right. right. <laughs> Not not my friend. John John has weird stories from back alleys. Yeah. <laughs> About consuming breast milk. <laughs> I just imagine John in the trunk saying, which breast milk do you want? <laughs> I've got the colostrum. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, I do want to ask too, and kind of on that note, how hard was it and what led to the decision to finally go public with it? We have honestly, we argued about this. This is um, really hard. You have to understand. So I fell into television accidentally. I was never intending to ever go into TV. I try to keep my life pretty private. If you know me, I'll tell you everything. But when I was part of Married at First Sight, it wasn't like I was signing up to put my personal life out there. And I had everything to lose. And John had little to lose. And I think for me, my biggest concern at the end of the day and every decision I've made has always been my kids. And I was worried about how this might look for them. And so when everything happened with us, I mean, there's so many layers to the story about how we got together, et cetera, et cetera. But within, you know, a week to 10 days after I knew that there was something between us, I went to the head of production company, who was also my very dear friend, to tell him what had happened. Now, I had previously been dating his best friend on and off for four years, which made it even more awkward. But he also had known me and knew my heart. And I had said, look, I've never felt like this. I need you to know. And I offered to step down from the franchise. And we had to try to figure out what to do. And you know, initially, the thought was to keep quiet. And he didn't want me talking to Pepper or Cal and you know they're my colleagues but they're also my friends so of course I had to talk to them and tell them but then it was a couple of months and we were asked to keep things quiet and I think part of it was I think people just were trying to figure out what the heck this was which makes sense because I didn't know what it was at first only thing I knew is I'd never felt like this ever in my life and remember I was with my ex-husband for 13 years and then I wanted so he, to tell the world and she didn't want did. to tell anybody. He wanted to tell So the world. that's what led to all of the fun arguments. What was it? We were in the Cape and someone oh saw us. It was and we were look- at the Cape with my best friend, her three kids, and my three kids. So there's six of us in an ice cream shop. And this was so new. He had come down when we were, my girlfriend and I stayed at the Cape for a couple weeks every summer. And he'd come down to visit during the day. And we were very new. The Dallas season was premiering that night. And a fan saw us and we had done the Boston season. I'd done seven year switch a few episodes, but I wasn't like getting recognized places a lot. So it was new to me. So somebody saw us and said, we were making out at an ice cream shop. Or six kids running shop. around. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have two. You tell me how that's going to go. <laughs> so he was pushing Jackie on the swing and he did have his arm around me, but there was no making out in the ice cream <laughs> shop in front of all these children. But that got on to the internet 
on Twitter. The, what was it? Twitter. Twitter. And then it just blew the whole world up. And, and then it was very hard to like keep it quiet after that. And yeah. then, so what ended up happening was all the rumors start going and the fans are speculating and everyone is saying all this stuff about me and I can't say a word. Mm-hmm. And or, yeah, that's pissed. why I was like, so like, let's just blow the top off of it. And, and, and what and we're I doing is not wrong and it's not a bad story. And why not just run with it? So we had a number of, I mean, I'd say arguments about it because I was really trying to be protective. It was so new and I wanted to do the right thing and I wasn't sure how to proceed. And I mean, we were totally in love and wanted to tell the world. We still are. She says, yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. I'm happy to hear that, actually. No, but it's true. I've always wanted like a man who is not afraid to like scream to the world that he loves me. And then finally in a position that that happens. She's and I got can't. that. She's yeah. Do it. You finally have one. And now you're like, wait, don't say anything. But honestly, I really empathize with you, Jess, because I feel like, first of all, you're a professional. And like you said, you have everything on the line because of your professionalism and being a therapist. And then people thinking that you're John's therapist and maybe even Molly's therapist. And then, you know, a lot of people, there's definitely this misconception. Actually, I shouldn't say it's a misconception. I feel like it's a misconception just from knowing you, but I'll let you guys say what it is. So a lot of people think that I'll make this a question. Was it love at first sight for you guys? Do you feel like you are immediately enamored with each other? No, I didn't like her. I actually told production that I didn't want to talk to her anymore. I said, I don't want to talk to her anymore. Wait a minute. Tell me about this. Yeah. There were a couple of instances where like she had laid into me and then Molly and then whatever. And it hit a point where I was like, look, I'm good. So what I thought was funny was in all of the filming and everything, I am a very stubborn person. No. I will not let you walk all over no. me. So like Andy with, always has to be right. With production, they would say like, oh, we're not gonna do that. I'd be like, you're not gonna just tell me what to I'm not, I'm not your puppet on some level, right? So we would have this whole thing and people didn't realize because they didn't read the contract. I come from a family of lawyers. I read the contract. (laughs) You can push back. And so I would push back and I would say like, no. And whatever point where like she lit into Molly about something that I guess she was told whatever information about and Molly and I had settled it and Molly flipped out, lost her mind. And I'm like, we're standing there and we're standing like in the apartment, like the kitchen, whatever area. And I'm like, giving her a hug and I'm looking at our producer and I'm going, you can just tell her that we're not talking to her anymore. Not her, hers, not me. Her being so, Jessica. No, now, you, you weren't hugging me. You were yeah, hugging no, me. I was yeah. hugging Molly because we were married, we were filming. But I'm saying to the producer, like, you can just tell Jessica, I'm done talking to her. You can tell whoever you have to, I don't care. I don't want to deal with this anymore. You guys are causing more headaches for me than it's worth. And so like, I didn't like her. So love at first sight was never a thing. <laughs> it was, and then we had an awkward car ride. <laughs> Wait, so that makes it really interesting because there is this huge misconception that maybe one of you was like really into the other, but it sounds like that wasn't the case at all. Okay, before we get to that question, though, I do want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Linen Fit. And if you were like me and you hate the sheets falling off the corners of the bed or you hate fitted sheets that just can't fold over the corners of your bed, Linen Fit has a new patented technology sewn into the head and foot. So it makes it super easy, actually easier than ever to make your bed. And it's got a unique design that helps conform to any depth mattress, whether you want a snug fitting or just never slipping. Uh, With kids, with a dog, with Jamie moving around, 
there's always a corner that's lifted up. And for whatever reason, it's a pet peeve of mine. I know it's weird, but these sheets will fit any size mattress guaranteed. And you're buying from them direct. So you're skipping the middleman. So they are offering you the best price, the best customer service without having to go through a large department store. On top of that, they offer high quality fabrics like flannel, microfiber, satin, and cotton. They also offer luxury options like Egyptian cotton and DuPont cooling technology. We love Linen Fit. If you go there now to linenfit.com, you can use the code HOTMARRIAGE at checkout and you get 20% off site-wide. So that's 20% off your purchase site-wide at linenfit.com when you use Hot Marriage at checkout. That's L-I-N-E-N-F-I-T.com. Use the code HOTMARRIAGE at checkout, 20% off your purchase. All right, now back to John and Jessica. He didn't like me. And I, you know, I had a ton of admiration for John and, and I liked Molly too. But at that point in time, I was in a serious relationship myself. Clearly he didn't like me. And then he well, started let's be clear. She is attractive. I was the guy when we were casting for this and the one guy was talking about whatever about the hot doctor. And I was like, don't be the idiot that hits oh on the psychologist. <laughs> or on, I said, don't be the idiot that hits on the expert. And here we are. So, and now you're uh, marrying her. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna lie though. I remember for unfiltered. I don't remember what you were wearing, but I was like, "Whoa, hot mama!" Like you wore this dress. You were like banging in it, and I was like, "You know, I'm not opposed to any sort of thing." But I was like, "Wow, she looks really good." <laughs> Thank you. I'll take that. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I'm just looking through these questions here. And Courtney, you know, Courtney from my season of Married at First Sight. She asked, has Jessica ever dated a patient before John? <laughs> Figured I'd throw that out there. Come on, Courtney. No. Yeah. I'm <laughs> thinking Absolutely not. That would never be okay. It would be extremely unethical. I'm gonna yada, yada. I'm gonna go ahead and assume she was sarcastic with that question. Uh, I'm thinking that's probably sarcasm. But yeah. just so we're clear. Yeah. No. And actually, John is the first person I've dated that's younger than me. My ex-husband was older. The guy I dated before him was 11 years older. And the guys that you dated, John, were they older or younger? The guys that I dated were typically younger. I like them young. (laughs) 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 On that note, (laughs) Olivia Burns asks, how do they deal with the age difference? I will tell you the most annoying thing about the age difference is when we go out and she gets carded, and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it happens, and it's like, no, um, there's really not, I mean, I don't want to use the cliche age is just a number, but when you look at, like, a person, and you look at how they act, like, you know those 20-year-olds that sit at home, and they're just, like, the old soul, right? And they don't do anything, and they don't whatever. She's still like, let's go out and have fun, and what is it? We go to the brewery up the way that has a big hill that you sled down and she's there in a salad bowl going down the sled. <laughs> I'm kidding. Like no, she's, it's true. I mean, the age difference, it doesn't really play in anything because we both go out and have fun and do things. You know, it's like, what is the age difference? I don't even know. 11 years. I'm 43. I think it's probably a bigger deal for me, to be honest, just like yeah. as a woman, you know, and you about stuff like well, that. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. But I mean, we work through it and at the same time. I, I also like value so much where I'm at in my life. And I'm so such a different place at 43 than I was at 23. Sure. God, I had like what I know now. I could take it back. <laughs> but it's probably a bigger deal for me than it is for him. Yeah. Well, and I think if the age was switched 
it's a weird thing where it wouldn't be a big deal either. Yeah, right. You know, it's just a thing. I want to hear a little bit more about the love story in the beginning, though. I do, too. But first, I, since we're on this topic, I wanted to ask real fast about... I'm going to go get the baby, though. Oh, yeah. we should. He's going to go get Hendrix because, as you can hear, he's screaming. Sorry. I, I do. I want, But I don't want to interrupt them. When you guys tell your story, I want it to be like... I just want you guys to be able to tell your whole story without asking any questions because I'm dying to know about it. But first, I wanted to ask you, because Dr. Jessica, I know that one time after Unfiltered, we got together. I think it was all the experts and myself after like... One one session of unfiltered. It was at the hotel. And I remember I just had Gracie. And I remember you saying to me, I remember this vividly and I don't even know why, but like this was obviously way before John or I don't, this is way before John, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. But you just said, oh, I would love to have another baby. And I was like, you would? And you're like, yeah, I would really love to have another baby. And I was like, oh, and I was thinking to myself, like, you should. And I think I even said to you, well, then you should, because I mean, I think that you should have tons of kids. I like love kids. So, right. and that's- no down that road. Don't do that. <laughs> well, that's actually one of the common questions that's coming up from all these, everybody really is. Um, well, there's two common questions. One, how does John feel about being a stepdad? But then two, like, do you guys plan on having, <laughs> he's pouring more wine. It's, um, it's, here's the thing. Do you want to have children? I Despite what you might have seen on TV, so when we filmed the scene where Molly and I talked about kids, we had already had the conversation. And I, my thorough feeling about it, and my sister said this when she like flew out here for our engagement party. Yeah. She said she was really interested to see how I would be with Jess's kids. I've never wanted kids. I'm not a kid person. On TV, I said I wanted like a whole football team or something. And that was just we're having a conversation that we've already had. I'm going to have fun with it because that's who I am. I've never really wanted kids. And so for her, this is a bigger deal where she goes, I don't want you to turn, you know, 40 and decide that you want kids and then leave me because you want kids. Mm -hmm. And everyone that has known me since I'm a child is like, I'm surprised you chose a woman with kids because you don't like kids or you don't want, you know, you don't want your own kids. So Contrary to what everybody says about, oh, no, what if she can't have kids? It's really me who doesn't want kids. <laughs> it's true. Okay. I would in a heartbeat. And his, you know? I mean, and that's the thing. Like, you you know, as a mom, like, it changes you. And you want, like, the connection that you have with the other person. Like, I don't ever want him to get to a point and say, gee, I changed my mind. But he's so steadfast. And his sister is the exact same way. Yeah. They just don't. And, you know, he's amazing with my children. And one of the things that just does it for me is when he's like, oh, well, our kids, you know, and he like has taken them on as, you know, he knows he's not their dad, like, right. And children have a father, but he's the best. They call him daddish. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so sweet. It's like blackish, but daddish. That's so good. <laughs> and the role is Great. And, you know, of course, I'm a baby junkie. I would love to have more babies. And I'm also realistic. I had some really high risk pregnancies. I lost pregnancy. And Pete's not on board 100%, but we're not going to do it. Well, what I tell her is this is the thing. The way the divorce is set up, the kids go to their dad for four days and they come here for four days. And from you know, we have the best of both worlds. You get the kids and the fulfillment and the blah, 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 blah. And we can do stuff with them and all of that. And then they leave and it's quiet. Just <laughs> <laughs> be told they are with us a lot more than that. Yeah, they're, they're with us more than half the time. But we also do take like 
little mini vacations and shoot up to Maine or whatever and, you know, go up there for a few days. And that's the thing, like in talking with women who are, you know, are single women or who have like shared parenting or that kind of thing. It's, I miss my kids when they're not here. And when they're with you all the time, you don't usually have those opportunities to miss them unless they're with grandparents or that kind of thing. But I have this like weird ache when they're not with me. And, but I try sometimes about it. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) But I really try to, so for me, when they're with their dad, I try to just maximize my time professionally. I schedule like all my works today. (laughs) (laughs) Your dad picked them up tonight. So just try to make the most of it. And then we try to just really capitalize on the time with us. Before COVID, it was like traveling as much as we possibly could because we both love traveling. And And now we, you know. Yeah. What do you do now when you can't travel and you're stuck in the house together? It depends on the list of states that we're allowed to go to. Uh (laughs) We play play a lot of Rummy Cube, Mario Brothers. (laughs) Uh, I feel like it's been just interesting for everyone, right? Like Mm -hmm. her office space works now she just got a new desk literally today but when this started when this kicked off we were sharing and her computer was next to my computer and i was shoved in a corner on a stool and like you know what i mean so like now we've gotten over those hurdles and we've sort of gotten used to it Mm -hmm. you still have that commute home to like yell at your steering wheel about your work day but (laughs) yeah no doug and i if i could show you I will after this call because I don't want to like pick up the computer, but like you should see how we're, you can see me hunching down, but you don't even really have, I was literally just saying to Doug today, I'm like, we just need to get a chair and a proper desk and just like get this, like then we don't have to be hunched over trying to like record these podcasts. Yeah. I hear you. Like when it comes to like all of a sudden there's a pandemic and you're just trying to figure out how to work together. Doug was on like a stool. Sometimes he works outside in the lanai. (laughs) Like he's just like, you know, we work wherever we can. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to clarify before we change topics is that you guys don't want, you're not going to try to have babies. Is that true? No. Yes. I feel bad for you. I feel like you almost want them though. Don't do you or no? She does. You know, (laughs) (laughs) but I would probably, I'm one of those people who would just probably keep having baby. I love babies and you know, I probably, you know, the work I do, I'd probably like bring in foster kids if I could. And I also have to be mindful of my three children that I have. Right. I had pretty high risk pregnancies before. So, um, and I know that now being older, it's magnified even more so. And, and you guys know when you deal with like pregnancy losses and things like that, it's, you like have to second guess yourself and, um, and and working in finance, I think about college. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a good one. Well, um, and I don't know if this was covered because I had to go get my son, but when was it or when did you decide to introduce John to your kids? Before I... <laughs> so let's okay. talk about how I made Jessica fall in love let's, with me. Yes. That, that's how <laughs> I, okay. I like this. Let's go there. He met, he met my kids before I ever... Like, yes. So great. It wasn't Doug. planned, it sounds like. <laughs> Normally, my rule is six months um, before that I'm dating somebody before they would meet my children and they would meet my children's father first. And that's just sort of been our deal. And everybody works out their own stuff. But for us, that's what we were comfortable with. And this blew that out of the water. (laughs) So so we went that day, we went hiking and then we went. And so June 17th, I guess context, right? We live an hour and change outside of Boston. At the time, I lived in Boston. Yeah, I, I think that's something I don't think fans know is that yeah. I was low. So when he did the Boston season, I did a lot of the work with the couples because I was just closer. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. you know, hour 
ride. Yeah. And so I was right there if they, if they were in crisis or needed something or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, but, so uh, we went out and we went hiking and then up I, I didn't eat beforehand. We went up the mountain. Very place. intelligently. And then she <laughs> said, I'll bring you a shake and I'm allergic to nuts. So naturally she brought like an almond shake. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, almond shake, bananas, and walnuts. Yeah, so she tried to kill me. To everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, amazing. <laughs> so I was like, no, I was like, let's go grab like some food. And so we go to get some food, and then we had hiked, but we have to. You have to say we went up the mountain and twice. then down the mountain, and then we were still talking, so we went up the mountain again and then down the mountain. So it was like wow. a four-hour hike. Wow. We, we were talking about the honeymoon island and what that was like and what I knew about it, which was very little, and and then it started to. Other stuff. Talk about yeah. other topics. And then, so then we went and got food and then I had a few too many drinks. Margaritas. And she, <laughs> I said, you probably should I got the that. margarita, you know, where they put the floater in it. So you yeah. get to pour extra alcohol. Yeah. So that was me. Uh, <laughs> so she goes, okay, look, she's like, you can't drive an hour and a half back to Boston. You will die. She's like, I have to, my kids are coming back to me right now for, whatever the dad's, dad's girlfriend yeah. was bringing them back and I could not be late for that. So, so she's like, come back to my place, sober up. And she goes, I have a pool. My son plays Fortnite, whatever. And I was like, don't care. He's like, sign me up. Great. So, so then I took my shirt off. No, and jumped in it. no. <laughs> so, so not, well, that did happen. That, that did happen. That. But the, so then, and this is how I like hey, to tell the story. Let's hear what happened with the shirt off. That's, that's, that, that sounds like the good part. Exactly. <laughs> seen pictures of him without a shirt on that like doesn't fade everybody knows you're hot that's not a thing like so, that's doesn't you know so but it does kind of seal the deal i mean it did for doug and i i remember i was just uh not you know like i wasn't obviously that attracted to him at first and i just kept taking my shirt off yeah he really did and i was like i mean how can i resist <laughs> that must be that must be it except that it that wasn't it so then i'm in the pool and jack who was four at the time he just turned four He's like coming no, he over. Was, he was, he was four. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Does Samantha? Right. Each four so, in August. So yeah. he, I think he's still three. Anyway, three or four. So he's, he's telling me to throw him in the pool. So I'm throwing <laughs> him up in the pool. And then she Game attacked over. me. Game over. No, 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 no. She that, attacked me. I did not attack. Viciously. Is, she cornered me in the circular pool. This is not what happened. And attacked me. <laughs> no. Okay. So here's the thing. So, okay. It's John. He's from Married at First Sight. We're talking about the show. Da, 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 da. He comes over, sees my kids. My kids are, you know, they'll play with anybody. Yeah. And so I'm running around trying to take care of them. And they're in the pool. And then he's throwing Jack in the pool. And Jack is like screaming with laughter. And all of a sudden I was like gut punched. Like, yeah. holy shit. And I she had not, me. I, and I like this, like, I had this feeling in my body, like, I've never had before. And it was like seeing him with my son, you know, it wasn't him having shirt off. Wasn't any of those. It was seeing him with, with Jack and, and like that did it. And I knew like from that moment that like something shifted in me and it was like this, such an exciting feeling. And all, I was terrified to be yeah. honest. And That's- let's be clear. Like we originally met. So 
I say all that very facetiously. We originally met to talk about me going on a show to date other women. Yeah. I was supposed to be the expert on it. So you have right. to understand like the pressure on both of us. So I'm supposed to be the expert on this yeah. show. I cannot yeah. be in a personal relationship with someone that I also have a professional relationship. Like that's yeah. not a thing you can do. And um, I can't date other women and also mm-hmm. date Jessica. Right. <laughs> So that day happened. It was super intense for both of us. And then I called about a couple of my closest girlfriends, colleagues, et cetera, and freaked out. And then you came back like the next, like he would drive in traffic. So Boston traffic to where I live, I live in central Massachusetts or I now we would, I would get off work at three 30. I would have to take the train to the bus to get home, take mm. me an hour. I would still leave technically before five out of Boston and I would get here at best six thirty. Yeah. So it'd be like hours of travel and he would do this for days. Then I'd get up at four the next day because I, I worked the seven to three shift. So I'd get up at four the next day to drive back in so that I could change into a suit mm-hmm. bus so, to train into work. So that first day he comes back <laughs> I had this whole speech planned out. I'm like, we can't be like physically like running over a code. <laughs> there was a contract. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> There's a whole thing. So he came back. So I'm like, where can I take him that we have enough time to like talk? And it's not like romantic. So you know, I'm a country girl. So there's this farm that's like they it's a goat farm and they sell goat cheese. <laughs> <laughs> So she takes me there and we get the cheese <laughs> and we're driving no, out of the, no, no the, the I, crashed not right, no, I crashed before she, that. Oh yeah. ATM. We had to go to the ATM. She crashed into the side barrier. At the I, ATM. I was so nervous. <laughs> and oh. then we get to the goat cheese farm and we're pulling out and they have like the, the, you know, safety cones there. She runs over a couple of those. <laughs> How cute is that though? I, 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 <laughs> the kids well, still tell the joke where they'll be like, Mom, come, 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 come. <laughs> and then, so I'm trying to convince him, like, and I just put, like, we both, like, put it all out on the line. I'm like, look, I've got everything to lose. And I will never, and I have, I have everything to lose professionally, but also, like, end of the day, it's my kids. I have three children, and I will never, ever apologize for having kids. And I think there's so many single moms that feel like, oh, I have baggage, and i it's bullshit. Like I would never want to be in that position. I told him I'm never going to be in that position to apologize for having kids. And, and so you're taking on three children. You're living this amazing bachelor life in the city of Boston. Da, 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 da. You want to come out to the country with three kids and, and date me. Um, and eat goat and, cheese. By the way, with dating a new England Patriots cheerleader. And I told him, I'm like, you should that like date her. Like that's a way better deal than this. Like, <laughs> better deal like she's hot and that's awesome and there's a lot of like lab that comes with this over here and he chose you which if you ask anybody wait so let's just clarify that real fast john you were dating a cheerleader a new england what's that what are they called patriots cheerleader you were he was dating a lot let's be clear there were like a lot of women so like let's be super clear (laughs) after after the show ended the first person that i dated after that was Jackie from my season. Oh, I called that. I was like, I remember on Unfiltered, I feel like you guys were flirting on Unfiltered, actually, you and Jackie. They were sure, dating. I'm pretty sure they were at dating that at point, the reunion. there was one of the times we went out to film Unfiltered, and 
I just didn't even say it in my own room. Oh my god. I I, I know this because I think Jackie, okay. So I I caught on to this as the host of Unfiltered because Jackie said, oh, John got me a safety pin for my dress. And I'm like, how is John getting her a safety pin for her dress? when it's like, like in the morning before you guys are starting to shoot. I was like, oh my God, these two are totally hooking up. But you guys dated for a little while. I mean, you, she went, we did for like, yeah, we did for a couple of months. She's got good taste. Jackie's amazing. I love that woman. So, (laughs) yeah. But I mean, yeah, no, it was, it was one of those where like everybody, it, that's the, always the funny part to us when they're like, oh my God, like these two totally hooked up right after yes. the show. And I'm like, I dated like six or seven women. I feel <laughs> like this is like a big bomb explosion right now because like, and this is a uh, newsflash to everybody who's hating on Dr. Jess. Actually, I mean, not that you should hate on anybody at all, but like John was dating Jackie closer to his marriage with Molly than he was dating Dr. Jess. Union. No, there was so the right. funny part is that the one episode where like we're all sitting at dinner and I made some comment about Molly not wanting to go to the ski and snowboard expo that was technically like after we finished filming. Jackie went to that with me. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. That's the funny part. Yeah. <laughs> well, going back, I mean, John, on on some level, you asking Jessica to go for a hike. I mean, on some level there was attraction there i mean you don't just ask somebody to go on a hike which is something very personal to talk about a show so who was first attracted to who it sounds like maybe john was more attracted to dr jess and then somehow like when did that attraction start like when did you realize like holy moly like i want dr jess then like how did that all like i don't know pan out yeah i mean i think so like i said before right i was the guy in casting who was going don't hit on the expert we all knew she was hot yeah and it really i mean like i just kind of assumed that she was another one of the tv personality people and blah 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 and so i i didn't pay any real attention to her as a, i don't know person i don't want to say as a person but like <laughs> as a love it as a potential interest like i didn't pay any attention to that and i would say i mean obviously i thought she was attractive but it was one of those like, that's never going to happen. So you can just move on. And then when it sort of started to happen, it was like, well, we had talked like we had. So uh, what people may not know is, so when filming's done, I stay in touch with a lot of folks from filming. And part of what I do is try to connect them with therapists in their area, Mm -hmm. but also just to check in, like when your season airs, there's something you can't even anticipate what that's going to feel like. And so I'm just, I checked in on every single person through all the seasons that I worked on just to make sure people were okay. And if they need any support or if I could hook them up with therapist and make sure I circle back with kinetic to cover the costs and things like that. So I check on John, like, Hey, how you doing? He's like, I'm good. He he texts me pictures of the women he was dating. (laughs) It's true. In case you want to know how much of a love interest there was there. Yeah, (laughs) really. Um, things I cannot unsee. There were things I can't unsee. I mean, the thing is like, so I knew there was so much you didn't know about me. Like you didn't even know I had kids. And what did you say when uh, it was that weird car ride? Yeah. I didn't realize that she was what, at the time you were 40. 40. I just turned yeah. 40. And I was like, really? And oh. I, I said, I made some like line. I was like, girl, I don't know what you're doing, but you should keep doing it. And some, I, yeah, something I got from I was like, fraternity movie so somewhere. Oh, like, <laughs> But also, now I know what she's doing, and she's going to keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, John, I mean, you are very lucky that you avoided just being the drunk friend 
that Jessica brought home in the pool to play with the kids. That is impressive that you avoided that label. True. Like my kids have loved him from day one. I think that my whole rule I had set for myself about you know, six months. And of course, had I known there was going to be anything romantic, they wouldn't have even met him. It was just John you know, from TV. My, and my kids okay. knew my TV life because when I could, I would bring them with me filming anytime I could. Hi, Gracie. Hello. Hello. How was that It was good. Was Mac good? She says macaroni. Macaroni. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to avoid. Sorry about that. Oh, oh, no worries. No, yeah. Never. See? Never apologize never. for having children. I never wanted to be a mom that apologized for kids. <laughs> Um, So after this amazing lightning strikes, and it really gave me chills when you were explaining the feeling that came over you. Did you guys make out that night? And when was it that it started to become physical? That day, we kissed that day. And that's when it like totally freaks both of us out. And he wrote me. I wrote her the next day and said, what did I say? I can't get you out of my mind. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I was feeling the same way. And then I thought I said something like, get out of my mind. No, that's what you said. That's what you said. <laughs> right. yeah. And it was funny because I could not, I was up all night. I didn't sleep and everything happened so quickly. And I knew for me, I had to, the first person I told after my like close girlfriends, I went to Chris, a kinetic, who was also my good friend. But after that was Cal and he and I were filming something. And so we were in some fancy restaurant, you know, late night of tears telling him what happened. And how was his reaction to you? Because like you said earlier, he's the head of all of the production company. And you are like an expert in two of his shows, right? Seven Year Switch and Married at First Sight. Yeah. So for Chris, so you have to understand that Chris, I think the hardest part in all of this, and he knows this, for me is my relationships with Chris and, and his wife. We were very, very close. So I got into TV because I was dating Chris's best friend for four years. And so I went to Chris and Chris knew me. Like I knew his kids, we vacationed together, et cetera. He'd spent lots of nights with me in tears around my ex and things like that. It's hard because you don't want to be like the crazy person who's like, hey, yeah, so this just happened. I think I'm totally in love. I want to be with this person for the rest of my life. Like who says that? I mean, I guess unless you're getting married to a stranger. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, you can say it to us, yeah. but we won't judge. Yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't, like, I've never felt like that before. And I, you know, I've spent so much of my life, like, dedicating myself to, like, supporting people in their own relationships and stuff. And and that happens to me. So I went to Chris, and part of it was that I knew the implications, and I knew the optics, and I wanted to know right away if this was going to work. I would have to be transparent and everything above board, and mm-hmm. to know what was happening. And so I told him everything that had happened, good, bad, and ugly, and it's like Fourth of July ish. And then I think it's kind of like I'm trying to think of like the best analogy for it, but. You know, when you have a breakup with a boyfriend, like nobody acts right. And there are things you wish you could do different. It just made things weird. And I'm sure everyone on the other side feels the same way. But I know like at the end of the day, like he knew who I was as a person. I think he was trying to protect me. I think people thought that this would be short lived. And I knew, but I couldn't say out loud, like, I think I'm going to be with this person for the rest of my life because that sounds insane. Right. So I did not yeah. say that. But I just said, I feel it feels intense. I offered to step down. I was not filming two shows. I was filming four. I was doing Honeymoon Island, Seven Year Switch, Married at First Sight Philly, and Happily Ever After. Wow. And 
So they kept me on all the shows, but all of it, this had to stay sort of hush hush. And that made things really hard. And I think what ended up happening is over time, I think there's some resentment that sort of built up and I couldn't talk about what was really going on. And it's also a business, right? And so it's kind of having to decide between friendship and a business and what do you do? And yeah, I mean, in the beginning too, I'm sure it was difficult because you don't know if you're going to bring it forward, if it's that serious, but it's serious enough to want to say something to get ahead of it. And I think it's extremely mature to do that rather than hiding, which I think might've been a little bit worse, but it is a weird position to be in. I wanted to, and I'd wanted to put a statement out out and I'd wanted to, but we weren't able to do that contractually. And, you know, I get it, but I had wanted to just, you know, sort of put the timeline out there, except the problem was it was too new in the season to say like, Hey guys, the thing you're watching right now actually happened like way back when, and right. here's the real it ruins timeline. the lore for but, some reason. So that's why I say like the optics weren't great. Well, that's, I mean, Doug, to your point, right? Like it's so new. And at the time it was so new. If we went to them now and said, guys, we've been together for two years and change or whatever it is. They would care less. Right. They'd be like, cool, whatever, yeah. go away. You know, but at the time, especially given, you know, what everybody was doing and this and that and the other thing, it was... And I think, and John got upset, and rightfully so, like he's going to defend his woman. Yeah. I was the one who was getting raped through the coals. And, you know, 90% of people, 95% of people were super supportive. And then this other fraction was not. And that fraction's a lot smaller. She focuses on the bad. If you notice, she went like this. A lot of people do. We all do. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, but you take it personally. And you guys know, I put my heart and soul into the work I did for that show. And I loved that show. And I loved the couples and all of the work we did together. And the other expert, I mean, Pepper and I were just talking this morning like we're all still super close yeah okay so we're gonna have to stop there but there is so much more from this interview i don't want to stop there i don't want to stop there either and i'm so sorry if you're listening to this in real time because you'll have to wait a whole week for the second part of this interview but um, it is worth it it is absolutely worth it you know typically if an interview goes longer we'll edit it down a little bit like we can find a question to kind of chop out but this interview is just so raw it's so Mm. authentic it's so real and i feel like everything that they're talking about we all wanted to hear about Mm. And so, and it was nice to get to know them in their own setting. Yeah. You you never know what people are like in their own home and together. And if this was just going to be an interview over the podcast, I mean, there's so many visual cues that you see of them when you watch the video, because we were on Skype video, just how in love they are, just how connected they are. Yeah. And it's just finishing each other's sentences and knowing when one person's getting up or what, I mean, it's just, it's really cool. Yeah. They're definitely genuinely in love. I don't think anyone ever questioned that. And if they did, I don't know why, because like, I mean, Dr. Just had so much to lose by choosing love you know, over her career. Well, over her entertainment career. And that's how Hendrix feels about it. But yeah, so next week we have the second part for their interview coming on out. And it is so incredibly good. I cannot wait. We answer questions. I mean, 
as you know, like we've covered topics in this interview about Dr. Jessica and her kids and how they feel about John. We've covered topics about when they plan on getting married. Uh, if they want to have children. If they want to have children together, how are they dealing with the pandemic together? I mean, so many different topics to talk about still. So Nothing was out of bounds for them, which is amazing. And we also talked about who John dated prior to Dr. Yeah. Jess and why he feels like she's <laughs> the one. And so many questions are answered. Yes. So stay tuned for next week. We'll talk to you guys soon. Yes. And Hendrix is just yelling like he normally yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> Can you say dada? He's my little Atrex. This is why I call him my little dinosaur boy, my Atrex. Because he just loves to scream. Oh, my boy. He like uh, doesn't know yeah. just normal conversation. He only knows screeching and squealing yep, and laughing. That's how he gets attention. So. <laughs> yeah. But thanks again. And if you want to stay up to date with anything Hot Marriage Cool Parents, you can visit us on Instagram or check out at Doug Hainer or at Jamie and Otis. We love hearing from you. And stay tuned next week for part two of the John and Dr. Jessica interview. We love you. Wear a mask, wash your hands, social distance, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.